You're listening to the Shaping Patterns podcast, where we explore the important role of art and culture in education for sustainability. The European project Shaping Patterns is supported by the Erasmus Plus program. We are doing a state-of-the-art podcast for the Shaping Patterns project, and we are very happy to have one of the greatest experts in the impact on the arts and education, Anne Bamford, Professor Anne Bamford. Welcome. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Maybe can you just uh, make a short presentation of yourself and your background? Yes, so I've been working with arts and education for, for 45 years and really seeing it as something that's vital for all children and how we go about getting this into every school in every part of the world because I have been doing this quite internationally as well as a specific focus in certain countries. So it's a real pleasure to be here with you today. In 2006, you did uh, research. It was actually a global research, but you also did a a research in Denmark. Can you tell me a little bit about this research and and what you found and the strengths and and the weaknesses? So the research was published in a report mm-hmm. called The Wow Factor. Yeah. And the title of that report, The Wow Factor, was because teachers all over the world, it was a global study, kept saying, when you do arts and culture with children, something magical happens and then there's this wow factor. And it's a wow factor for the teachers and a wow factor for the children. And so because that comment kept coming up and up in all of the research. That's why the report got that name. And it's actually 20 years next year since I did the initial research for that report. And I'm revisiting that to see what's happened since that time. But basically what we found is that if you have a good quality arts and cultural education in school education, it's a case of all good things go together. So the Academic achievement improves, children's behaviour improves, teachers enjoy the job more and are more likely to work actually longer time but love it more. And so it's a case that if you have that, it enriches the quality of the education and makes it more powerful in, in all regards. So it's a very powerful tool in schools. And the reason I did then a specific study in Denmark was to really look at the quality of what was happening in arts and cultural education in Denmark. Because one of the findings of the wow factor research was that poor quality arts and cultural education doesn't just do nothing, it actually has a detrimental or a bad effect on children's development and on how a school runs and operates. And so in a worst case scenario, around 30% of all arts and culture actually is worse for the child than doing nothing. So it's very important to do it, but to do it well. And what did you find in Denmark? Did you find any special situation in Denmark in the way that art and culture is integrated in school or not integrated in school? Yeah, so, so there were both advantages and disadvantages with what was happening, positives and negatives in terms of what was happening in Denmark. So if I start with some of the positives, some of the positives were that it's a deep belief that Danish people hold that arts and culture is very, very important. And so no one said, actually, we don't care about it. 
everybody did care about it and that was deeply held by people. And also what you have as an advantage in Denmark is a rich amateur art scene outside of the schools. So many towns have a local brass band, they have a culture centre, they have arts things that happen in where people live. So there's a deep um, cultural respect for the value of arts and culture. However, when you came into the schools, what you realised was that there was a difference in the experience of art and culture that children had depending on the passion and interests of their teacher. And so it wasn't uniform that every child in Denmark got a good quality arts and cultural experience. And also, it tended to stop and start. So you might have one good year, then two years of nothing, then it would start up again. And this stopping and starting is actually not good at all because what happens if it's not continuous is a child's development and confidence in the arts also stops and starts. And so if you, you think of some other subject in the school like reading or mathematics, if you kept giving them a little bit, stopping it, giving them a little bit, stopping it, you never develop any sense of expertise or confidence. And so actually it was quite damaging uh, to children. So the recommendations in terms of the challenges is to make sure that this happens for all children. You know, it shouldn't just depend on whether their teacher cares and also that it happens continuously. And thankfully, there was actually political support for that recommendation, that it should happen throughout all the years that a child is at school. So when I first came, it was stopping at 12 years of age, and then the recommendation, this should go to 18 years of age. So you should have this all the way through, not just when you're little, or not just in certain year groups, but all the way through. Do you since then, since 2006, experience any difference or any development? I know that things are changing in the Danish school system, or at least we're trying to make things change. Mm. But do you find, when you come back to Denmark, do you find a development, or what do you think? Um, yes and no. I think globally there has been an acknowledgement of the importance of the arts, particularly in generating creativity, which has economic impacts for a country. So the value of innovation and creativity is now a very key thing for countries around the world. And Denmark is in the group of leading innovative countries. And there's a, definitely a Nordic strength in that area. So understanding of the value of the arts has, if anything, grown more than in 2006. I think the challenge we still have is sometimes there seems to be um, activity that happens that competes with it. So for example, they, they say, well, okay, the academic results of Danish children is not enough. We need to cut out the arts and bring more. It's not actually true. We know that academic results will increase the more arts you put in. So sometimes what seems to be the reaction is in turn actually preventing the arts and culture being really valued in the school. And it's not the fault of the teachers because the teachers feel that they're in this pressure between different debates. 
But what they have to realize is it's all good things go together. So if they focus on education in and through the arts, using the arts in other subjects, we know that children develop better skills and those skills cross all subject areas and the children perform better. They also have less behavior problems and they also, both the teachers and the children are happier in school. And if you have happy children and happy teachers, you'll have good schools. So, you know, it's important to follow up on this, not just the laws exist now because the laws change to make art a more important part of schools, but what's actually happening in the schools. We know in, in this project, and also Kulturprinzen works uh, with a strong focus on the collaboration between the professionals in school, mm. teachers, uh, social mm. workers, pedagogues, mm. um, and uh, professionals in the mm. art and culture sector. Mm. Uh, and we try to make this collaboration very essential mm. in the project. Mm. Can you give any recommendations on how to qualify these collaborations between the professionals? It's very important because the collaboration between the professionals, it has benefit on the children, but really importantly, it has benefit on the teachers and pedagogues because what it does is it's a form of professional development. So it develops the workforce. And once again, the investment in the partnership is a very small amount for the amount of benefit it gives because it really opens the mind of the professionals to be able to use the arts fully in all of the areas of learning. So it's absolutely crucial and it's particularly important because what we've seen over the last two decades in Denmark and in other countries in the world, even though the teacher education program has got longer, the amount of arts and culture in the teacher's development program has been reduced. And so the teachers lack confidence themselves. They are a product of this stop and start uh, education in the arts. So therefore they lack the confidence to be able to use it fully with the children they teach. And when the artist comes in for a period of time, that triggers the understanding in the teachers of how they can do this better. And that then flows on to their pupils. So it's not just the artist influencing the children. Really importantly, it's the workforce development for the pedagogues and for the teachers and for the school leaders to see how the children change in this situation when the arts come in to, to build the curriculum in a more innovative and imaginative way. Yes. So we are trying to uh, have a, a revolution. We're trying to uh, change the whole school system and make them see the great importance of art and culture and how it can really benefit school. Mm. What do you think that we need to do in terms of convincing the government, the politicians, the people in power mm. to, to uh, make an impact? Well, I have to say that actually, when I've I've done it over over now nearly two decades, have been coming to Denmark. There actually is very strong public and political support for this. But what I think has to happen is people have to experience the difference. You can't just see it; you've got to feel it. You've got to really see and feel the value because there actually is political support. They provide funding, they changed laws. So there has been 
And that political support's come from all parties, all different um, people. So there is strong support from the arts and there's strong support from the members of the public. You know, if you talk to a taxi driver or you talk to a person in the street, they absolutely believe that Danish children should have good quality arts and cultural education. The thing is, how do you make that consistent and in the experience of every child? Because it has to be for all children. This has to be something that a child with special education needs get, a child in this school here or that school there gets that quality in that teacher's class or that person's class. So perhaps the real question is the political support is there. How do we measure, how do we report on the impact so we can see whether children are really getting it? And that's a, that's a more difficult question. That's a more challenging question because I think actually in Denmark the political support is there. They get it. They understand it. How do we now make sure it's really consistently being received, that the quality is high? It has to be in school. It can't just be for the children who go to culture school because we know a very small proportion of Danish children actually attend culture school and you won't get 100% of children in the culture school. The culture school's great and it's a great part of that environment but you cannot rely on what happens outside of school to hit all children. If it's important, it must be in school because that way you catch every child. Otherwise, you only catch some. Thank you, Anne. I think this was uh, enough for today. Mm. We got a good view of everything that we are addressing in this uh, project. Thank you very much for coming. My complete pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Shaping Patterns podcast. Explore the project on shapingpatterns.eu.